Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. So welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are agents with Codal Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. And we have a very special guest this week. We do. And, f- Two, and- Okay, so we, I feel like we totally missed like an introduction here. We didn't do our usual, you're my husband, along with the licensed assistant, or did I just like totally miss that? No, we just skipped right over okay, that. Okay, because, you know, usually there's a little bit of banter between us before we jump into who our special guest is, so... Totally off center well, here. So, well, we have a lot to talk about with apparently Shane Blazer, mayor of Wisconsin Rapids. All right. Well, welcome, Shane. Thank you. So, do you go by Shane or do you go by Mayor Shane? I mean, if we met you on the street, how do we address you? I, I struggle with titles. I'm Shane, and I, anytime I answer the phone, people call me Mayor. I'm like, no, it's Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Shane, and that's what I'm always going to be. All right. Well, it's kind of nice. I mean, you're down to earth. You're like an, an average person, you know? Absolutely. So that's cool. All right. <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> Is your goal yeah, to be an average person? <laughs> yes. I'm fine with being an average person. <laughs> awesome. I've, I've known you for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, interactions with the uh, the city, geez, at least 20 years now. At least, yes. So yep. you've been with the city in a number of different forms and passions for a long while. Yeah. Sadly, I always say that I have a loyalty to my family, but maybe not to a job. So <laughs> I don't mind uh, moving around. And uh, so, yeah, originally in, uh, I think December of 97, I started with the police department. Okay. And um, so I worked there for a number of years and I went to water and light and I got elected. I was city clerk and then city council and the mayor. And now you're in the, ch- the in the chief's seat of the, the you're in the, the big council. chair, yeah, the big, big chair. chair. <laughs> yep, the big chair. Very good. So, Carrie, go ahead start start firing away with the questions because we're excited about Wisconsin Rapids. It's a, a real nice place to live. It is, and you know we just left the city, and do have to say, you know, moving to the city um, way back in '09 was just it was fabulous. It was great. We were downtown kind of in the center city. We were just a couple blocks off of A Street, which was great. Everything was within a walking distance. And was really, really happy. But one of the things that I really noticed is I coming from Nakusa, I didn't know like the ins and outs of rapids. You know, at the time I don't even think we had a pool. I don't think Rapids had a pool. Yeah, I think we uh, Or was Mead still up and running? The the east side one over by the clock tower was down. I think west side was down for repairs. And yeah, they they were they were kind of in flux at that time. Right. So there was a lot of you know improvements. So we ha- now have a new water park here in Rapids. Mm-hmm. So new homeowner, where do I go to get my water pass so that way I can send the kids? Do they have to be supervised by an adult or can I just go, here's the babysitter and go to the water park and go play? So, <laughs> yeah, they prefer not to be babysitters uh, because of the amount of people that attend the water park. We want to keep our lifeguards focusing on, you know, trying to make sure that uh, they're safe. And if people can have their parent or guardian with them, it would be a great help. But yeah, the pool passes are um, gotten through the park and rec department. So you can go up there. You can get a pass, a year pass up there. Residents can get a five punch pass where you can, it's a reduced fee. They try to streamline the process at the aquatic center. So there's only one fee. So when you come in the door, you pay the, everybody pays like the non-resident fee. But if you're a resident, you can get a punch pass at our park and rec department, which will give you a reduced cost. Do I have to prove that? Okay. So if I go to the the pool, I would say today, but it's not open, but in theory, in today, I'm going to go take my kids there. And how do I prove that I'm a resident? I mean, if they ask me, are you a resident of, I keep saying Nakusa. <laughs> got the hometown girl I know, I got the hometown in me and I, it's always fun. Um, so, you know, I'm a resident of Wisconsin Rapids. I just moved here. I don't even have a driver's license. You know, it still says Nakusa, but just moved here. How do I prove that I'm a city resident? So when you go to the aquatics park, you're, everybody's considered a non-resident. So just for the ease of, you know, the admissions staff, so they don't have to check. 
Okay. And so it's supposed to be a lot quicker on the process. So if you're a resident and want to get a pool pass, you're going to do that ahead of time. You're going to, okay. you're going to come in, you can prove, um, they can look you up uh, in, our, in our system. They can also, if you've previously been in park and rec programs, that's in the system. And then you can get a punch pass or you can buy a season pass, a okay. resident or a non-resident season pass. They have a veteran's um, pass that's a little cheaper. And they also have, um, can't remember what it's called, but basically if you're just, you're not going to use the pass, but you're going to be supervising your kids, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay the full water rate. You can get a reduced rate. Okay. If you're just going to be the mom sitting in the lawn chair reading your book, then you don't have to pay for the, the full pass. Oh, excellent. Now, can I also do this online? Can I just go on the city's website, which I believe is wisconsinrapids.com? .org. .org. There we yep. go. I came close. <laughs> yep. Um, well, WIRapids.org. Okay. So <laughs> if we did that, and can I fill something out online and have the pass mailed to me or picked up at the water park? Or are we not there yet? We're not there yet. Okay. But in theory. The whole, the whole resident, non-resident type thing, that's, mm-hmm. you know, they, they need to be able to verify that. And um, they have to do that in person currently. Okay. Excellent. Mm-hmm. But what is it? Okay, so opening up. When is opening day for the water park? Uh, I believe it's June first. It is. Um, our, our biggest challenge with the water park is staffing, and um, maybe it's June seventh. It's somewhere first part. <laughs> yeah, of it's June. first part of June. Um, is staffing. So we most of our staff are high school and college kids. And so we have to wait for them to A, to be out of school. College kids need to um, be out of school. And so that's, that's probably been the biggest complaint is that we close early and we start late. Mm-hmm. And because, and, but we're really tied to staff. And, you know, most adults don't, don't, don't seek to have a lifeguarding job. And we hired, I think this year, about 30 lifeguards. So oh, you're, wow. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I believe it's 16 to 18 per day are on staff for, you're talking the different pools, the water slides, the top slide, the bottom slide, plus they have to rotate and they have to, you know, they rotate like every 15 minutes or so. And then one of the rotations is out of the sun and out of the pool. And then they're, they're like basically a break. So, um, so they're fresh, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's why you never see them working one spot for a very long time because then you get complacent over time. So it's constantly changing. And so you have to have a lot of guards to do that. And that's just the lifeguard aspect. And I'm not sure how many concession admissions people that are hired to, uh, to cover that aspect. And so they do hire a lot of staff and we're really, really determined based on, you know, that age group. And, and it's tough because we'd like to maybe stay open a little later, especially. I, th- I think that's a consistent challenge that every year with all the water parks uh, is mm-hmm. on this local level, um, from the splash pads up to a big facility like what we have. Exactly. And it's probably tricky because we're not a college town, you know, we're kind of off the beaten path a little right. bit. Yeah, and it, yeah, you're right, though. If we were more of a college town, then there we'd have maybe a little flexibility in scheduling and it'd be a lot easier. Excellent. So there, there are a lot of amenities in the city that maybe someone coming into the area, especially if they're moving from a smaller community or even a major metropolitan might think, oh, well, Rapids is just a small town. Do they have police and fire and EMS protection? And, and we do, we've got really good fire service for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I moved here. My family's from here. My my grandfather started Tri-City Refrigeration back in like 1934. So my family's been around for a while, but um, my mother was a teacher in Janesville for a year, and that's when I was born. And I came here, well, I came here when I was a year. So I've been here ever since. And so I kind of take what we have for granted. Right. And I always, I, I always rely on my assistant, Emily, who's newer to the community, because she's always jazzed about different things in the community. You know, all oh, Rapids has this and Rapids has that. And I'm like, you know, we've always had that. And to me, it doesn't seem like a big deal, which is really kind of a disservice because there are many great things in our community. And she always reminds me about those good things that we have in our community that a lot of other places don't have. And and she appreciates it. She has a whole different appreciation for it. And we have a really cool walking path system that was finished up a little, finished up last year, kind of in like in either before COVID or like a little bit after COVID. We had some walking paths that were finished up and that's really neat that we have those systems already here and we're just now kind of expanding some of those. So we 
Do you want to talk a little bit about those walking paths? Yeah, so we, we do have a number of paths. And you can actually go up to Bearn and take a path and get all the way to Nakusa, you know, through our trail system here, whether you want to bike or walk or, or roller blade. And so we do have a, a good connection of paths there. You know, the, the aim and the goal is eventually to make it a loop, you know, because you can't, you get to one end and you turn around and you come, you come back. back. And so right. it'd be really nice to eventually to somehow to come up with a loop so you can always be on a path and, and, and take, I'd like to see different loops, you know, that whether you want to ride a bike or we're trained for a marathon, you'd have these different loops that you can do, but, but it is a nice aspect and feature. And a lot of people really enjoy these new paths for rollerblading. Mm-hmm. I, my daughter's taking advantage of that with her friends going rollerblading through the downtown and up to Beeren. And it helps that we've got the bridges along the way. So those can kind of be a cutoff point to start looping back. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the nice things about um, where we used to live in town because it was so close to those, you know, just another half mile and poof, we were right next to the it walking path. It was a path. full mile mm-hmm. to the walking path. Oh, it depends oh, really? how fast you walk. That's true. Well, it's still distance. <laughs> so it walks slow then. It <laughs> right. takes a little, yeah. it's a little longer distance. <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was really nice to be, you know, I mean, we were, we were a mile from the start of the path. So we were a mile from the, the hospital. So that's where we started was down by the hospital. So if you walked from bridge to bridge and then oh. back home, it was a nice four mile walk. But then if you wanted to go further, it's like, okay, well, how can I figure this out to make this a little bit longer? Because you're right, you know, trying to train for a marathon, mm-hmm. you need to have at least at 26.2 miles. Right. And so trying to figure out, okay, what's the safest way of doing that and being on a path that, you know, you don't have to look out for cars because yep. after a while you just kind of zone out and you're running, you don't pay attention. I trained for a half marathon at one point and I would walk to 16th and Pepper by Lincoln High School there. And that was kind of my starting point. And I'd start there and I'd start running and I'd run all the way out to Wazicha down the expressway around Wazicha and back to 16th and Pepper. And that was 10 miles. Mm-hmm. And then I'd walk home for a cool down, but yeah, so, you, you know, that's even part of the trail system that, you know, you can go out to, you can head out east and you can go around Wazicha and come back mm-hmm. and you're all pretty much connected. And with um, Grand Rapids, they, uh, we, we did an agreement with them and uh, they're the old railroad, there's an old railroad bed there. And so pretty much from 32nd Street, they're going to create a path there and okay. that's going to go out to Wazicha and you won't have to go out on, because over by... Um, once you get up by a wood trust, the old wood trust bank, right. then you're back on the roadways. Well, Correct. here it's going to be a new new pathway out to Wazicha on that old railroad bed. And I'm, that's going to be really fun to kind of watch. I mean, construction's always fun to watch, not drive through, but to watch. Yep. And it's all, it'll be nice. It'll be, it'll be a hard packed surface so you can walk or ride your bike on it. And, and it's still a snowmobile route in the winter. And yep. So that's going to be a nice feature out coming out in the Grand Rapids here. Well, that'd be good. Because what being in the city, um, and you know, especially people who have been in the city for a while, they don't necessarily realize how much other activities are in Grand Rapids and Port Edwards, Nakusa, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's a good way to join the community and make everybody a little bit stronger. Absolutely, yeah, we are stronger together as as a group, and even though we have some of our own identities and stuff, we're still mm-hmm. we're still a community because mm-hmm. we all border each other. Yeah. And we have a really neat, or you guys, Rapids has a really neat outdoor fitness center. So that's always, that was a really neat aspect to add to the city. So that way you can have this really neat outdoor activity center. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of fun. I would walk down there about six o'clock in the morning and people would be out there doing yoga. Oh, really? Yeah. There is, it was always kind of fun to go down there just to see who was out there was always different groups. No, six o'clock in the morning is meant to be slept, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, mine as well. <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> it was also Unless co- you're hunting. <laughs> convenient timing, too, because that project was kind of wrapping up in 2019, and then the pandemic hit last mm-hmm. year. So having an outdoor activity space sort of fit that need a little bit, too. Right. So. And it's a great little, little asset, a little great thing for families moving into mm-hmm. the area of, you know what, if I came from a bigger city... The every it seems like every bigger city seems to have an outdoor fitness center or a walking yep. you know there's a loop there's a fitness loop yep. and coming to rapids it was something that was missing and it was great that the city identified that and was able to address it and just put it in a, in a very nice loop there's is there six six or eight 
Stations. Stations. Something like that. And I believe those are all donated too. Right. And they're, mm-hmm. they're different skill levels. So right. it's got the beginner, the intermediate and the advanced. So if you mm-hmm. wanted to, you could work on it and do it all three times just to see how, how much fun that would be. So a lot of these civil projects, <laughs> I mean, a lot of these civil projects are, are really like spearheaded by other community groups or, you know, by the city themselves. Um, so are there any other like projects like this kind of up and coming that you're excited about? So right now we, I think, I think part of the reason why I was elected is, you know, I, I think we're taking a pause, more of a pause on projects because also when we do these projects, they create new maintenance. We, um, you know, with the riverfront, we have $50,000 rough new maintenance that we have to figure out in budgets. And I think, you know, and then we're trying to also figure out the operational costs what truly are going to be at the aquatic center. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, right now there is no major projects, uh, recreational type projects planned at this moment. Um, you know, our, our big project we have is fire department coming up. And so we, that's probably the big project outside of our normal road construction project this year. Also, um, there's some flood mitigation that's going to be, you're going to see built up along the path of the river, kind of by the state building. Uh, where all that flooded mm-hmm. flooding happened, they're going to rebuild that and try to have a better or um, more a higher bank. Okay. So hopefully mitigate some of the flood there. Uh, there's a big dredging project that's going to take place on, well, I call them the ponds and the cricks because I grew up off Lincoln Street and we played in them ponds and cricks, but but they're going to be dredged and uh, they're going to be improved for um, stormwater reasons. So we have a lot of those projects going on, kind of more maintenance. And a lot of those you know, aren't as public facing either. So uh, people don't seem to appreciate that quite as much mm-hmm. j- just because of that. Um, I had kind of in 2019 taken sort of an interest into kind of the city government works and, mm-hmm. you know, sat in a bunch of, bunch of council meetings and um, the committees and whatnot, just for fun. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's, wow. it's amazing the, uh, the conversations that that do go on. I mean, it yeah. you get a get a topic going, and next thing you know, I mean, it's almost to get a bowl of popcorn out and just kind of watch it all happen. But what, we've all seen those. <laughs> one of the things um, Joe Terry knows a lot about the infrastructure in in town, and he was mentioning one time, gosh, like the uh, the underbelly of the sewers and and waterworks, all that side of things is super super old, like over a hundred years. So coordinating all those projects, mm-hmm. you know, with road work and, and all that coordination is just a, a headache of its own. Yeah. So that's become a priority in the community and it has been for a little while is that if we rip off a road surface, we are going to make sure that we replace that infrastructure. So that coordination all occurs between water and light, the storm a water utility or the water and a wastewater utility, and then also our streets. So, so the you're talking street for um, ride quality. You're talking, um, obviously, stormwater and um, wastewater and water. All those have to be aligned to be at the right time to be replaced. Because we don't want to put down a new street surface and five years later cut open it. Because right. you, you never, the ride quality is always ruined. Yeah. So the goal is to coordinate to make sure those things are all done near the end of life. Now, and so we've been getting better at that. But the problem is that we are not replacing enough road fast enough to be sustainable. It, by the time that road comes around again, it's going to be all well past the time and through its life. So we're trying to figure out, I don't know how we can do that. Aside from throwing more money at it and throwing more money at projects like that, obviously it's higher taxes or fees or, you know, and, and you have to find that balance and, Right now, we just don't have that balance. Well, that's the easy solution. Just throw money at it. Yeah, and government's good at that, and I'm not good at that. And I just, I, I do not support that. And we are, we all pay enough taxes, and yes, we do. And mm-hmm. and we're appreciative, you know, that being concerned about our investment mm-hmm. and finding even creative ways to fund some of those things, like, like the aquatic center mm-hmm. was funded, you know, by a lot of private sponsorship too. And about $9 million worth of borrowing. Yep. It's a lot better than, than buying, you know, borrowing the full. When we talk with homeowners about borrowing money for a mortgage, and whenever I hear that conversation in government, I'm like, oh my goodness, I know what a mortgage looks like, you know, to borrow that money in government. I think it's kind of the same thing, but different set of parameters. 
The problem with government borrowing is that when when you buy a home, you get a benefit from paying it off early. There is no payoff benefit in government borrowing because if if I'm a bank, I'm looking to to buy that loan because a it could be ten million dollars. I'm looking for a long term investment. Okay. So we don't get that benefit of paying it off early and mm-hmm. saving that interest. There's a couple call dates near the end of the life alone that uh, you can kind of refinance and and maybe try to save a little bit, but the goal is when they when they borrow us money, they want us to borrow it for the whole 20 years and and then we don't get that payoff benefit, which is a disservice, but I can understand from the the other end of it. It's a business. It's a business. Mhm. So um, you mentioned fire department, construction. Yep. What, what's that project going on? So it's since I've been on council myself and another council member, Lee Graff, who's no longer on council, kind of championed that because, A, if you've ever been, if you go, have you ever been to the fire department? I, I'm sure you have been. Station one? Yep. yep. So have you ever been back in the living live quarters back there? I, I never really was. Even when I was a police officer, I've never been kind of back where they sleep and I always compare it to, I've been saying on council, it's a step up from deer camp. I'm actually, uh, I really feel bad that. I know, always thought it looked like Boy Scout camp or Girl Scout camp. <laughs> pretty, pretty you know, much. and it, if I remember right, it was like almost lime green flooring with the shag carpeting, you know, where in the, where they were watching TV and just kind of like the ricketyest. Yeah, yeah, it's really seating. Kinda, it's really kind of sad though. You go back also where, where the beds are, you know, and it's like, it's like dorm rooms, but they don't go all the way to the ceiling and they have like two beds in there. And, and not right now they have a shower curtain kind of closing it off and, and you have a bunch of rooms like that in a row. And yeah, it's not very, I don't think it's, I think it's really kind of a disservice to our firefighters and, and that they have to live there for 24 hours and they're trying to take care of us and, and be ready. And it was time to update that, especially because of the gender inequality. Uh, we have um, female firefighters. Fire departments weren't built with female locker rooms because that was not a thing right. in the past. So you know, I thought it was very important that we update. So they're going to go to a dormitory type setting, like a dorm room, but sure. it's going to have a bed and a desk in it. And it'll have a door closed and, this, and the, it'll go, the walls will go to the ceiling. And then there'll be a female locker room and a male locker room. And also as long as we're doing that, they're trying to address some of the health and health and safety concerns with carcinogens from fires. If they go to fires before they had to like walk through the living quarters to get back into like the locker room. And so you're taking those carcinogens on your, on yourself and tracking through the living quarters. So now there's going to be a decontamination center right off the bay and they'll be able to go in there and get their turnout gear, put that in, in their turnout um, washer and dryers and then there'll be a, a shower facility right there. So they're not tracking those carcinogens through their living quarters. So that's the big project on, on the fire station one. Fire station two is they have a, a, a quite a bit bigger living space up there. So there's going to be a, a remodel up there. That's not a very big remodel, but then we'll, we'll have a female and a male area for, for locker rooms and sleeping. Excellent. Yeah. Are, it's long are they going to keep the fire pole? Um, I, as far as I know, yes. Cause I think every firehouse needs to have a fire pole, <laughs> yep. even though I think one is just a single story building. I'm hoping that there is a fire pole there. I don't recall. I don't think there is one. I think it should just be added in. <laughs> just for for nostalgic. You know, they, they should have a checklist of fire station has these particular yeah. things. Dog name spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're a black and white dog or whatever. So with the new with the new fire mm-hmm. house that's going to be renovated, I don't want to say new one being right. built, it's but gonna it's going to be, be a renovation. Yep. So one just has the one. Okay, so those who are not familiar with what we're talking about, fire station one, that is the fire station by the old shop go. Correct. Okay, so the that house is going to have to go through a major renovation. We're going to have to expand a little bit to the east. 
And a little bit to the south. Correct. Because of certain city ordinances. Setbacks. And the setbacks that everyone has to follow, including mm-hmm. the fire department. We need to add, we need to take out from one side and then take out some of the parking lot as well. Correct. Okay. And so it's unfortunately, it is obviously anything in government seems to have many zeros on it. So it is a couple million dollars. And so that will be borrowed and and hopefully we'll get at least 20 years out of that. that that's the goal because, you know, eventually long-term here, we're going to need, you know, the street department to there. They have parts of that building that are from the 1940s that they use on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so it's um, becoming very outdated. And, you know, at some point we have to bite the bullet and, and do something out over there in a building. And, and whether that includes maybe um, a new like annex on a fire station that can house some people there also because the other station is not handicap accessible. So that station two really doesn't have a lot of good public use. Right, and so on station one, they have they're putting a, a, a little training room on there that's handicap accessible, so that um, they can use that meeting space for other firefighters that might need some handicap accessibility. Excellent. Now, with my background doing some facilities maintenance for a couple of years, if you don't schedule maintenance for your facilities, they'll just go ahead and schedule it for you, and it's always at you know. The, the negative, <laughs> negative degrees in the middle of winter right before Christmas and costs yes. you five times as much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> it literally does. And when the uh, the pool, the aquatic center was first built and we took a tour with that, I, I was just in awe. And also being a, a pool maintenance guy and facilities with that, there's all the, the work that's going to be in 20 years when those pumps need to be remaintenanced and all that jazz. You've seen that mechanical room. Yeah. It's, it's huge. It's, but Big it's, pumps. It, and it's laid out well though. Cause, um, it, there's been thought process to what happens when we have to change a pump mm-hmm. and then change out the filter media and, and all that stuff. So it's been well thought of and taken into consideration. Yeah. And so this year we ended up hiring a, a second maintenance person and that, that person will have that experience and they're going to be assigned to the aquatics. During, during that season and then during the rest of the season, they're going to help us get on a better maintenance program for, so we can start doing preventative maintenance because we, right now we have a, a maintenance gentleman who just tries to keep up, you know, he's yeah. just constantly putting out fires. And so the second guy will be able to help, help us maybe establish a, a better maintenance program so we can be a little more proactive on maintaining what we have instead of reacting to the problems. Mm-hmm. So does the city have a, uh, so, you know, I, I was of the mindset that maintenance for a particular building was kind of handled within that building, like City Hall would have its own mm-hmm. maintenance person, or does the city crew just have a, a maintenance person that handles all the maintenance for all the buildings? So we have a, a, mate, a gentleman who does the maintenance on all the buildings. Um, so he works technically, um, for our park and rec department, um, building and maintenance. Sure. And so he, he's assigned there. And then, so he just... Constantly puts out fires and, and is sent to wherever, whether it be changing out ballast and light bulbs. To, and he's got he's got a, a HVAC background. Um, this new one has pumps and things like that. So they they have opposite skills, and so it's really going to be an asset to the organization. But they are responsible for maintaining all the different problems in every building that we have, whether it be in the park systems, fire department, street department, city hall. They just kind of go wherever they're needed. That's awesome. That mm-hmm. one of the things why I was curious about, you know, city government back a couple of years ago was to learn all those little nuances. Mm-hmm. You know, you have conceptions, preconceived notions about how things run, and it's like, oh, it, it doesn't always fit that mold of which I thought. So, mm-hmm. well, back to the city amenities. So, what yep. are what are some other um, exciting things that your assistant is, you know, <laughs> sharing she, with you? She's always impressed with. Um, the activities we have in our parks, mm-hmm. um, our programming, whether it be through park and rec programming, the zoo is an amazing place that not ma- many communities our size have a zoo like that. Um, so she's excited about that. And but I think it, with the with the zoo, isn't it all of the area farms donate some of their their animals for the weekend or for the summer? They just kind of hang out there because I remember someone had the camel 
and the camel had to get moved on a certain day. And it was like the first day of school or the second day of school. So the kid had to, there was some, yeah, he had to go get the camel back. I mean, I know that was a big thing. There might be some for the, maybe from the petting zoo area, but now I I believe most things are from rent a zoo. So they kind of rent zoo animals and then uh, bring them in for the, for the summer months and. But yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I'll be curious to see what we get this year. But they've been doing a lot of work at the zoo. They, they've they mm-hmm. uh, put a new entrance in, and then they've done um, a, a parrot cage, a new new cage there. And then last year, the you know, there was a new um, roof put over the bear cage system. And, you know, we're going to, in the spring here, we're improving the where the duck pond is. We're going to get that cleaned up and repaint that and get that looking nice and getting ready for the visitors. Excellent. Now, is there a cost for the zoo? I haven't been there in ages. No, I think the only cost for the zoo is if you want to buy some feed. Oh, but sure. But otherwise, um, nope, you can just go in there and use it. And That's awesome. Yeah, it's really a nice amenity that uh, is open to the public during their hours. And I believe the master gardeners also take care of like the plants that are in there because there is a touch and feel plant area, if I remember right. I mean, I haven't been to the zoo in almost two years, only because of the current situation, we're going to call it COVID. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there was the master gardeners yep, so do take care of that, that touch and feel yeah, plant area. Yeah. There's quite a, quite a garden space in there with a lot of um, plants and flowers and a lady who had been taking care of it for the last couple of years. And I believe last year she was awarded the Jefferson award Okay, um, through Marshfield hospital, I believe it is clinic or a hospital system and uh, channel seven, nine came down and, Gave, uh, kind of did a piece on her, but she was retiring. So we're trying to figure out how we can maintain that level of garden with our staff. So they're kind of working on that and because it is amazing. It, it is. The planting there are, are next to none. Have you reached out like to the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts and see if there is, I mean, I always think of the Eagle Scouts. I mean, they always need to come up with an Eagle project in order to, to have that. Have you reached out to them yet to I do the whole not. entire... But I know there's been some discussion because, uh, the like you said, the Eagle Scouts um, service projects, they do contact their park and rec department to see if there's any kind of any projects. And up on First Street North where the old pool was, there's a, a donor walk that was an Eagle Scout project. Yep. And it was done with um, some, of the, uh, some of the donors. So, you know, organ donor walk. And um, so we haven't had that discussion, but it's even just uh, the weeding and the, there's just an astronomical amount of, plantings there to try to maintain and so we're trying to figure out how we can balance that and still have that impressive plantings out there Mm -hmm. there are a lot of outdoor activities um even going out to robinson park you know and uh, community band shell is out there and baseball and and all that jazz Mm -hmm. and then it's it's of course really nice to have the winter field area and the uh, the rafters over there for the summertime It'll be interesting to see how the, the baseball is still interacting with the pool being right next door. You know, yeah, you know, we've kind of talked about uh, with them a little bit about maybe doing some kind of coordination where come in and get a pool pass, have a bill buy a pool pass and a rafters ticket. And, oh, sure. You know, some of that. Play cross- during the day and watch <laughs> yep. the game at night. Yep. Some of that collaboration, promotion across cross both venues. And- That'll be kind of cool. Yeah, it's something different and fun and. the really great thing about rapids too is we have two recycling centers i keep calling it recycling center but it's the compost site oh yes i keep calling it the recycling center and you know it is a great place to drop off plants that you don't want and have them go to someone else or (laughs) your grass clippings yeah people are very serious about our compost sites uh, on the east and the west side the one by home depot and the one off of 17th avenue kind of down by the railroad tracks down there and they do accept a you know like you said you know, whether it be brush or compost or, you know, grass clippings, leaves, uh, the west side accepts, like, if you break out a concrete walk, they'll take the concrete there because we'll eventually, every every so often we bring in a concrete crusher because that also is part of our road base. And um, so that's you reuse there and they are a great amenity in this community. And So 
moving into to Rapids, coming from Nakusa. Now, Nakusa in the city, we had the curbside pickup. So you just dumped everything you didn't want to out by the street. The city would come by and pick it up. It was pretty cool. But Rapids, you have to take it to one of their two repl- places. Or we're going to talk about storm damage next here a little bit because they go kind of hand in hand. Oh, yeah. You know, we're... You know, some people are used to that where, you know, we can do the grass clippings on the side of the road. So if we're not used to that, and if I just did dump my grass clippings, is the city pretty polite about that of coming up and knocking on the door and saying, hey, we don't really do this, but here's our compost sites locations? I honestly have not heard anybody ever do talk that? about putting the clippings out by the road. Now, they do have curbside pickup for grass clippings uh, and also brush. But they have to, the clippings have to be in um, a craft bag or a paper, those large paper okay. bags you can get from Ace Harbor or Home Depot. And they do have a schedule, I think a monthly schedule, that they'll pick that up and, um, and you leave it by the road. And then I think they use an old garbage truck. And that's been part of the problem because once those garbage trucks are gone, we have to figure out a different system. Right. Because when we went to the single, we can talk about um, garbage pickup. Oh, yes, the here. garbage pickup yes, is so fun we, too. Yeah, we can add that to our list here um, for new residents. But um, so we have these trucks and yeah, the the typical garbage truck that you think of, you just chuck it in the back and then they they can uh, take that to the compost site and empty it. You don't have to worry about plastic bags and those type of things. But, you know, I've had calls from residents and there's been discussions a little bit once in a while about, you know, trying to come up with an alternative to a type of pickup like that, you know, other larger communities are able to pull that off. And but I just really think it was just the city guys just driving around and they see that, you know what, Susan just mowed her lawn. So we were going to swing by Susan's house and we pick them up and it's, you know, they make notes of, okay, we got to go down Elm street and pick up yep. three houses there. And so that's what they do the next day or something yep. like that. I mean, I know it's just people drive around and yeah, write so, down addresses of yeah. homes that they need to go stop by. It's not like an, an actual route. Nope. So the, you actually call in and get on a list. Okay. And then they can kind of organize that that way. But Well, it's kind of nice for the mm-hmm. for the elderly mm-hmm. families that we have or those yeah. who, who need a little bit more assistance of, you know, as long as I can get it in these paper bags, yep. I can just give the city hall a call and they come and pick it up. Yeah. we What we run into in the fall, though, is that, you know, when you're trying to do leaf pickup and sometimes the bags get wet, they freeze to the ground. And mm-hmm. so it does kind of cause a problem that some people would like to see addressed to whether it be, you know, a, a, a way to pick it up alongside the road. Just just put it out to the curb and it'd be sucked up or however right. method they come up with. But but with the miles of roads we have here, it would just really become a pretty astronomical feat on trying to you would have to hire additional staff equipment just to do that. Just that would be their job. Just trying to cover all the miles of roads that we have. Okay. So it seems like this craft bag system seems to be the preferred way. And it's the simplest and they're, they're not dealing with garbage bags anymore. They can just, it all goes to the compost site. It's all recyclable. And eventually a couple of years later, people come and fill up their back of their trucks for compost dirt now. And, and so it's just kind of that cycle that goes on there. It is great dirt. I mean, we went, we got, well, we, we just got like six, 12? six pickup trucks <laughs> and we filled up one. All, new, you, all your planters? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Two and a half truckloads per, per wow. planter. So you move to a new place, you got to have new planters and new garden and all that jazz. <laughs> and it is really the best dirt in town. I it mean, is. It's it, really good. It really is. I mean, Rapids does a great job of producing dirt. Yeah. You know, and, and, not so clean part about it, but we also produce like Milwaukee, they have malorganite and it's called class A sludge, basically mm-hmm. from the wastewater treatment plant the, through the process, they can convert that, let it, they take it to a drying area on the West side and it's very good stuff to, for planting. And uh, a lot of farmers like to come and get that. And it's, it's quite a, quite a spread of, Stuff from the wastewater treatment plant. <laughs> Humanure. Yes. Yes. Right. We'll, we'll call it rapid morganite or rapid, I don't know, but class A. And so, yeah, we we finally, we have a permit for that. And technically you could bag it up and sell it if you got the right permits, but it's, it's, it's good stuff.
uh, circle back here to our storm damage because I told you I was going to yes. come back to yep. that. So storm damage. So, you know, storm comes through just kind of like we not like 2019, but that's going to be like our good, you know, focal <laughs> point because we don't want to talk about 2019 storm damage because we're still picking up from that. Correct. But. You know, a storm comes through, knocks down a couple branches. Can I put that out by the road? Or again, do I have to take that to a recycling center? So you can um, take it to the compost site. Okay. Or um, they do have brush pickup. And so you can call down to the city garage and get on that list. And they, they, the brush guys bring that brush truck and they'll pick it up for you and feed it in their chipper and away it goes. Awesome. Yeah, it's just, and you can find a lot, all kinds of information on our website at uh, wirapids.org and the, it has the schedules for whether it be compost or I mean uh, recycling schedule, garbage pickup, um, brush schedules, compost site hours, all that information is out there. Excellent. That is always good. But really to handle that, you'd need a, another crew as big as the garbage trucks because the garbage trucks do that, you know, routinely throughout the week and then again, then again and again. And well, and then you're going to have to come up with how big are those piles going to be? Because if you get someone who's got two acres and all of a sudden, you know, you could have, mm-hmm. you know, brush from two acres, I know what those piles look like. Yeah. So they have equipment with like the big jaws on the end loaders and they mm-hmm. can just pick that up really quick and I'll put in a, in a dump truck. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, most of the time it's guys that are diverted from another job to do that. So you're not doing something else. And right now you're seeing a lot in the city is we have um, um, those catch basins. You know, they, they've kind of been neglected over the last several years. And so now we're really focusing on trying to get those um, reset. You know, they've got to raise them up sometimes because they'll start to settle and sink. And then it breaks out the curbing. So they've they've been working quite a bit on getting those caught up. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned uh, single stream um, recycling and refuse. Yes. Oh, yes, the garbage trucks. Yes, the garbage trucks. So a couple of years ago now, it's been that they went to um, the bin type style of pickup for garbage and recycling, and pretty much whatever you can fit in that bin, they'll take. And um, but our recycling is done every other week uh, on the same day as garbage. Your garbage, which is done weekly, and um, and there's always some. You know, with anything new, that means we have new rules that we everybody gets to follow. So Correct. you got to make sure your garbage can, the arrow is pointing towards the street. Absolutely. You know, the lid is completely closed, not like up a little bit. It's closed. I don't know why though. Because I thought, who cares if it's up halfway? What do you care? You know, it's, it's, still, it's still in there. Well, I found out that is the reason if it's halfway and an arm grabs onto it, if the lid is up partway, it'll start bringing it up. And the stuff will fall out early. Mm-hmm. So the lid helps keep the Everything contents in. in there until it's the right dump point. So people kind of get upset that, well, my lid was popped up, so they didn't take it. That's the reason why, because a lot of times they'll start falling out too early. And then they have to stop and pick it up. And it's kind of defeating the purpose of being more efficient right. on our pickup. And then our garbage cans have to be socially distanced. I'm going to put it out there kind of funny <laughs> like that because... They cannot be next to each other, like touching each other. There needs to be at least four feet between the garbage cans. So our garbage cans need to be socially distanced. Yep. Which, I mean, know, it sounds you're, kind you're of funny. It's true, though. It, it is. Because it, it has a claw that comes around and grabs it. Right. And so it needs room to, to do that. grab that. And it's two different trucks that come. So the recycling yep. truck may come first and then the garbage truck. I mean, it's. It's kind of fun to watch the, the garbage trucks now, but they need to be socially distanced. You can always hear them coming with the brakes. Yes. <laughs> they always have squeaky brakes. We're never sure if it was the school buses or the garbage trucks because it kind of sounded alike. Exactly. I don't know what it is about those big pieces of equipment, but they always have squeaky brakes. Now, if I'm moving in, so I moved into to my new place and I'm not used to rapids garbage system is there a little bit of a grace period of learning so that way you know i don't get fined you know i put them out there the house sold i mean it's garbage the garbage personnel ready know that the house has been up for sale they can see that it's sold so it's gonna be a new person hopefully they they can recognize that and so the previous owner really doesn't pay attention to which side the garbage can is on you know they always have it out there the wrong way the house has been flagged as you know, they get fined because they're not following the rules. Now I'm the new homeowner. Do I get a little bit of grace period of yeah. learning your rules? 
on how to put out my trash. Yeah. So uh, the collection people, they will actually put like a, a stick. Sticky a tag. Tag. Thank you. Yep. A tag on there. Oh, well, we've say, been tagged enough times. Oh, okay. To say <laughs> what the, is... why they didn't take it. So, so they, right. they, they will tag it. And uh, so you will, they'll at least tell you why they didn't pick it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the other problem though, is sometimes you have a relief driver. The, the garbage guy calls it the driver that drives that truck calls in sick that day. They have to, Hey, guess what? It's your turn to do the garbage route. So then they have to, they send them out. Well, they don't know the route. So sometimes one half of a street will get missed. And so all you need to do is just call the street department and tell them, Hey, I think my, my side, our side of the road got missed today and they'll send a truck out and they'll, they'll take care of that and pick that up. Cause it does happen. Mm-hmm. I get calls all occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I get calls occasionally. My garbage was, well, okay. Now let's see what we can do about it. But, uh, They'll, they'll help out and, but yeah, they'll, back to your question, they tag it as you, as you They'll said. take it and yeah. just a simple phone call of, Hey, I, I'm new to town. I didn't realize yeah. this. I mean, we always got tagged whenever our youngest came home from college and he wants to be the helpful, helpful kid. And, you, you know, took out the garbage, you know, it's just a garbage can that you put out by the road, didn't understand the rules, mm-hmm. but you know, we get tagged every single time he came home, <laughs> but, you know, trying to explain this to a new homeowner, right? you know, hopefully there's a, a grace period. I know when we moved into our new place, our first garbage can pickup, we watched the garbage guy came over, he grabbed the garbage and then he starts writing a note. I mean, pulls out a piece of paper, starts writing a note. We're out there going, Hey, we're new. What did we do? We'll fix our problem. You know what, what happened? And he's like, Oh no, I just noticed that the nice lady who lived here wasn't here. And we always waved hi, waved hi to each other. And so I was just writing her a, a, a note and I'm like, Oh, well, New homeowners. Yeah. (laughs) So now we, we, you know, we watch for Matt to come by with the garbage trucks, you know, and it's always fun when you know the garbage people. Well, absolutely. Well, and just the difference in logistics uh, here in Grand Rapids, they hire that out to, you know, uh, Veolia. Um, And it's neat that the city has their own vehicles to kind of facilitate that and keep the the city nice and clean. Kind of like street sweepers too. Mm With the curb and gutter and the storm sewer system, you have to have the, the street sweepers to keep the streets clean. Mm-hmm. And the really nice thing, too, is when we're doing those city events like Blossom Fest that's coming up, mm-hmm. we do have those nice garbage cans to move to all those appropriate places mm-hmm. for, to accommodate that many people. And no longer are we trying to haul, you know, these big 50-gallon heavy steel barrels throughout the city so that way we can have them and they roll really nicely and it's really great Mm -hmm. and it looks pleasing too for visitors coming in for events like that of you know our city does have really nice looking garbage cans yeah they are (laughs) it's probably yeah we're talking nice looking garbage because they are they they are you know we kind of all were wondering how this was going to be received and you know there's a lot of pessimistic people that oh this is ridiculous and We've not really heard a lot of complaints. You know? Oh, and here's a really good question. So I bought a new house and the family before me had the little garbage cans. So there's two different sizes. So now my house has got a little garbage can, but now I'm a family of five and we obviously go through more garbage. Is there an opportunity to upgrade to that larger garbage can and vice versa? If I'm a single person now and we have the gigantic one, can I downgrade to a little one? Yes, I believe there's an expense to it though. Okay. But you can also, like a big family, you can get, you can buy a second garbage can. So if you need two, you can have that option. Um, And you can call our street department. They can kind of fill you in on, you know, how, how that process can work. Okay. But yeah, you can, there is a exchange process. And, you know, that was one of the questions is, do you, do you offer more than one size or is it just simpler to have one, just one, I think the 96 gallon, I think that's what, what the bigger ones are. And yeah, but you get some stuff in there and then trying to roll it out to the street. If you're a smaller statured person, you know, not quite as strong that, that you gets know, to your be 10 a year old child wants to help out and be, you know, be responsible and yeah. wants a chore. And I think you know, that's it's kind of hard. Kind of brought the, the thought into having the two different sizes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all I got for garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard. <laughs> We only talk so much about garbage. <laughs> right. I mean, they are very beautiful garbage cans. Mm-hmm. So if you, you haven't seen them, you know, drive by a street and check out our garbage cans. Yeah, they all have an ID tag on them. So, you know, if there's a problem or it comes up missing and somebody took your garbage and then it's 
down the road at somebody else's house. They're all well. These windstorms that you get, I mean, they really can get all messed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's always appropriate to make sure that you have the right garbage can at the right house. Yeah, and one of the largest workmen's comp issues was the old way we picked up garbage because they used to take everything, everything but your house. They you put a couch out there. They would take that and. You know, that's a lot of our guys got injured that way, mm-hmm. you know, trying to move that stuff around. And so that was probably one of the big drawbacks is going to the single um, stream or, the, you know, the garbage pickup that we're doing now is that we lost the bulk pickup. And some council members have, and I remember talking in a council meeting, trying to figure out a process that how we could help out and take some of those bulk items. Um, there are services out there that can help you with that, you know, because we don't want to see those end up, you know, in our roadways, in our ditches. and Right. somebody's property and some woods, but um, people still have a need to try to get rid of them. So, you know, you can take them to the landfill yourself if you have a family member with a truck. Um, it's a very nominal fee, too, to to take a even a truckload of stuff over there. And they have, if you go during the week, they have uh, bins right down by the way station so you don't have to go up on a landfill. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you end up going on a Saturday, you end up might have to take a trip on the hill and People are always concerned about that with flat tires, but, uh, but otherwise during the week, you can pretty much use one of the big dumpsters that they send you on. Well, excellent. So of course we would like to thank Mayor Shane Blazer for coming over and chatting with us this week. This was only the first part and stick around for Hour number two, and hear what the mayor has to discuss. There are some very exciting things, some exciting topics that are going around here in Wisconsin Rapids. So be sure to come back. Keep the dial here on AM 1320 WFHR for hour number two. Also, don't forget, if you're looking for listings of homes that are for sale, check out our website at myrapids.com. You can always contact Carrie at her cell phone number, 715-323-2577. Or if you're looking for area information, check out myrapids.info. Of course, we're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast if you like to listen to this show again. And if you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. These shows are pre-recorded, but we would love to get your input. Send an email to myrapidsradio at gmail.com. Like I said, stick around for hour two, and we'll catch you in a bit.